Hello world, welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. The Sony Open has concluded, and Siwoo Kim shook his ass all over Wildlife Country Club, picked up his fourth PGA Tour win. I, I love this dude. I've told you many a times, he's one of the funniest guys there is. I wish he's, he speaks pretty good English, but I wish he could speak just a little better so we could get him sitting right here between us and do an episode of Sub. That should be the motivation for him to just t dial up that English a little bit more because everyone on tour loves this guy. He's super fun. And then his interviews, like after he won, after uh, Buckley didn't birdie the 18th, it's like, you know, you c I don't think he's saying what he would say if he was comfortable no. speaking English, but what a win by him. That leaderboard, you know, going in the last day wasn't the most exciting. I get a lot of guys trying to win for the first time, but that tournament ends up providing drama as it always did. How about the, the marbles on Siwoo? on 18 tied for the lead teased up the three wood like it was a driver and i was like that's a that's an easy dummy mark situation right there thursday friday does it all right i can see that but last hole of the tournament tied for the lead i was like damn that takes some balls i'll tell you what with siwoo it's either feast or famine he plays yeah. really good this is his fourth pga tour win his fifth worldwide win um not scared to miss some cuts not mm -mm. scared to dub d not afraid uh, to break some putters don't put at the back nine of the Masters with the three wood when he was playing good. Yeah. By the way, he ain't afraid to snap a, snap no, a wand. He tends to lose a little bit, but we saw him go, you know, toe to toe with Justin Thomas in the first match off Sunday at the Presidents Cup. Took him down, won a Players Championship. I mean, he's not scared of the big moment. His good golf is really, really good. It ebbs and flows, but when it's good, I mean, this is his fourth win, dude. He's also he's been out there for so long, you kind of forget he's a kid. Like he's young. Super he, young. He got his tour card when he was 17. 17 years old when he got his tour card. I mean, he won quickly. He hadn't won on the PGA Tour since, what, 2021? The Amex. It's been a little – it's been a minute. But, like, he's fresh. He just There's so many new young go. kids coming out you forget I, about. I think he's just going to continue to get better and better. The one thing, though, he still has to do his military service in Korea, which is two years. Um, I can't remember the age before. I believe it's 28. So he's he's coming up on that pretty quickly. The only Unless, way around that, you got a medal at the Olympics, right? You can do that or um, – win a major championship okay that's, players should count that's nerves at a major everyone's wow. nervous trying to win a major when it's like this matters i don't have to take two years off of what i do for a living and who knows how i come back after that while everybody else is still playing uh different hits a little different yeah but congrats to him on his fourth pj tour win tough one for hayden buckley had a great chance to win but just didn't birdie the 72nd hole like Siwoo did. A little bit of a squirrely lie he got there. Kind of a bad break. Hard to get the club on the ball. He's going to hit a little squirter up there. It went right. Probably the one place, short right, one place it's the toughest to get up and down from. Had a chance. Um, hit a pretty good drive there, too. Just, I mean, stops two inches shorter. I think it's a completely different shot. No doubt. Well, I just got back from the Latin American Amateur Championship over in Puerto Rico. Is that all right? Bienvenidos. Yeah, Rico. There you go. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, roll that thing. Um, but what an event this was. The Masters, the USGA, the RNA, got to throw a big shout out to them for everything they do for the game of the golf. It got announced this week, Thursday, during play, actually, the USGA announced the winner of the Latin American Am gets in the U.S. Open from now going forward. So the winner was going to get a spot at L.A. Country Club this coming year to go along with the Open Championship and the Masters. Three of the four major champions. You win this tournament, you're in. And at the end of the week, Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira from the University of Arkansas in Argentina was your champion. Put on a clinic, 22 under par, one by four, little uh, Saturday 63. Mm. It was something special to watch. He was the 34th ranked player in the world amateur rankings coming in, 15th in the PGA Tour U. So obviously has a lot of game. And he went out and showed it. This kid, I can't wait to see what he does once he turns professional. He's not one of those guys where it's like crazy flashy and you're like, oh my God, look at this guy do that. 
but he's just steady at he drives it all right great iron play his short game is fantastic he's one of those guys like i don't know if he'll be a top 10 player in the world but i can just see him being that guy that's 50th in the world and just printing check after check after like a check. tom hoagie just type. making a gazillion like, yeah i can do that yeah i can do that except guess what you don't do it every single time just one after another he's got to be a complete i mean you got to be a complete dumb dumb to pass up the masters the open and the, you know, it's, and the U.S. Open and the Open, don't you think? That'd be just about the, you'd regret that forever. It's don't funny you, you say that because Why? you know after we finished oh, on yeah, Sunday, I, I was sitting there having lunch, and I was fortunate enough to win the USAM, which gets you in those same exact three it tournaments. Does? Oh shit! And I obviously chose to bypass them for other reasons. But Martin Slummers, the chief executive officer of the RNA, was there, and we have a great relationship. He's super nice. Know the guy. Say hi every time we walk by. Share some stories. Comes in afterwards, and I'm sitting there, and he's like, do you think the kid will stay? Because he had, he plans on turning pro next week. I was like, oh, he'll for sure stay. I, I would think in, in all of his interviews, he talked about how excited he was to tee it up in all three of them. He's like, yeah, man, you, you, you got to stay. Like, you'll, you'll regret that for the rest of your life if you turn those down. You got to be a fucking idiot not to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, see you later, buddy. Have like, a good one. All right, cool. I have no idea if he have actually had any idea, like, if that was on purpose saying it to me. But either way, I found it hilarious. It was really fun. That's but something you'd kick yourself for, yeah. for forever. All right, got to go. But congrats to Mateo Fernandez <laughs> de Oliveira on the incredible play. All the kids. It was a hell of a tournament. Some really good golf. Got kind of tight there on the back nine, but Mateo ended up pulling it out. But once again, to all three of those organizations who they foot the bill for this entire championship. They get the players there. They put them up. They fly them home. I mean, it is first class. There is not a better run golf tournament in the world. I'm not talking amateur, professional, or anything. Latin Am, Asian Pacific Am, it is a treat to be there. And I just can't thank them enough for all they do for the game of golf. And good to have you back, bud. You look well bronzed, well rested. <laughs> Feeling crazy. Everything. Probably shaking that ass like Siwoo over on the, the salsa. Salsa. Yeah, salsa big down there, huh? 83 in Puerto Rico. Come home to Scottsdale. It's 48 and raining. Yeah. We took over Seattle while we Get were gone. Out we of here. Trade. What is happening? P cash and picks for their weather. This episode of Subpar is brought to you by the Stack System, the most advanced speed training system in the game of golf. The Stack System pairs a single club, which is configurable into 30 resistance level with an industry-changing app. This Stack assesses your speed profile and provides custom programming. Sleaze, so, I use this thing. You're on this thing I'm right on now. It. Where are we at? Give us a live update on the speed. Fresh into this. I've done my baseline test, mm -hmm. and I've done two training sessions. Three training sessions. I'm Good. up two miles an hour. Hello, Don't want to reveal the speed yet. I missed a week because triple I was digits? in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah triple digits, of course. Over. But I'm going to get back on back in it this week. Now that I'm home from Puerto Rico, I didn't want to travel all the way across with it. But this thing's amazing. The app is the best. I mean, it's a personal trainer. It is so detailed. There's videos that show you how to do every single exercise, show you what time after, after you work out. It says two days from now, between this time and this time, you should do it again. It is so detailed. I promise even you could figure it out. Interesting. God, imagine if I get on this stack, what I would do to the golf ball. Mm -hmm. Unleash this speed. A lot of dudes use it too, including yep. Chris Como on Bryson's come up with mm -hmm. the speed, huh? said the stack is by far the best speed training system available. It's the easiest way for a golfer to reach their speed potential. Also, we're a long drive, dudes. Martin Borgmeier, mm -hmm. longest on the planet. That's the one. He uses it. He credits all his success to the stack system. You might have heard of this guy, Matt Fitzpatrick. This is where it really caught my eye, heard watching Matt Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open. He went from a like 165-mile-an-hour ball speed to over 180. Like, he went what from he a has normal done, dude to long. Yeah. 
what he has done has been incredible. And the stack was created by leading golf researcher, Dr. Sasho McKenzie, and the VP of fitting and performance at Ping, Marty Jertson, who's also played in six majors, by the way, yeah. and has his name over 125 patents. Marty knows this thing, thing is legit. It is blowing up. You definitely want to get yours. Go find it at, you can go to the golf.com pro shop, go to golf.com, use code subpar for 10% off and get yours. You want more speed? Well, you got to pay for it, but we're going to give you 10% off. Golf.com pro shop. The 10% stacks. faster. Minimal. You know? Easy. But once again, that's code subpar. All right. Our guest this week, Sleaze. Mm. James Tyree Poston. Otherwise known as JT Poston out there in the world. Some might call him the other JT. It is can get it is. a bit confusing. But one of the best dudes out there. Two-time winner on the PGA Tour. Arguably the most famous caddy in the land. Aaron Without Fleener. question. Without question. Celebrity on the bag. Blowing up. He's got to keep that under, you know, in check. Fleener's going to be having some opportunities. Yep. But this one was a lot of fun. Let's get to it. Here's James Tyree Poston on Golf Subpar. Folks, we got a two-time winner on the PGA Tour with us here today. He is a proud Western Carolina catamount. Been known to go 72 holes without making a bogue, and he's got a budding superstar as a caddy. The postman, JT Poston. How are you, brother? Good, good. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. First off, I ask you this all the time, and I just I don't understand. When your name's James Tyree, how do you not go by that? I mean, come on. James Tyree Post. <laughs> I might have I might I might have to start. Uh I mean, the number of stuff that I get tagged in that are videos and pictures of Justin Thomas and I get tagged on social media, I'm gonna have to I mean, I'm gonna have to change it up I mean, something. If you could scoop in on some of them royalties, maybe then okay, let's stay JT. But uh, yeah, I mean, I look, I'm I'm all, I'm on board. But when it's just social media pictures, and I mean, it'll be people taking it that have taken a selfie with Justin Thomas and tagged me Hell in yeah. it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's not the same person, you know. You show up to one of those speaking engagements, like JT's here, boys. Where's that? Uh, where's that hundred grand? You got the hundred grand? I'm yeah. ready to go on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Count me in. Yeah, I think you just drop yeah. the James. Just go with Tyree. Tyree's great. Tyree post, dude. Ain't nobody forgetting that. Hey, I'll I'll answer I'll answer to all of it. If y'all want to start it, I'll answer to it. Tyree, Colt, you say it on air one time. I'm and I'll be off and running. Don't tempt me with a good time. From now on, you're James Tyree yeah. or or Tyree to me going forward. Perfect. Done. 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 I want to talk a little bit about this Western Carolina because first off, I actually have no clue. I could have could, could have Googled it, but I figured I would just ask you, what is a catamount? Um, hmm. To be honest, I've never seen one in person. <laughs> I would say like when I was in school, that question, I, that question would come up a lot. It's basically a mountain lion, bobcat, something, something in between somewhere in there. Uh, some sort of mountain cat would be the best uh, description, but. I can't say I've actually seen one, so it may not even be real. Is it like a Sasquatch, Sasquatch cat of the Carolinas? Okay, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. I'd say Sasquatch type cat scenario. I mean, it's in the it's in the cat family, I guess. I like, we'll get McCord but, on that. He'll find him. My high school was the Bearcats. Those don't exist either. That's not a real animal. Mm. It's not. It's yeah, like it's combining yeah, two bear cat, Yeah, it's the tiger lion. Yeah. Ferocious. The animal. tiger lions. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Western Carolina, like we said, not. I wouldn't say known as a golf powerhouse, but while you're there, I mean, you win six times while you're there. You won the North Carolina State High School Championship on your way up. How were you not recruited by like the Carolina schools, or how'd you how'd you go to Western Carolina? I was yes, yeah, so I was kind of a late bloomer in the whole junior circuit. Um, 
And I, I grew up a big Tar Heel fan and wanted to go to Chapel Hill so bad. And uh, I went on a visit, um, did the whole thing toward the campus. It was great. And basically it was like, I'm ready. Like, I want to play here. And coach pretty much told me I wasn't good enough to, to be on his roster. And, you know, at the time, given my resume and some of the other kids, like I couldn't blame him, but it was – probably one of the probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I, it gave me a chip on my shoulder the rest of probably my junior and college career and uh at the time my other options were ECU and Western um ECU I could have been teammates with Harold for oh. for a year which would have been would have been fun would have been cool but um I tried to make the smart decision and I knew I wanted to go into business school and if golf didn't work out so I went Western and I honestly went into it thinking I'd go for a couple of years and transfer, uh, but I ended up liking it and kicked those Tar Heels ass all the yeah, time. So, was... well, that's, but that's one thing I tell all these like junior kids getting ready to go to school. It's like, Hey, you wanted to go to North Carolina. You, you probably could have gone, but you might not have played and then and in, for professional yeah, yeah. golf, it doesn't matter. There's no draft or anything. So just go where you can play and get better. The number of reps and the, I mean, the tournament reps and, you know, where we play in the best college tournaments every weekend and week out, like the Georgias and the Vanderbilts and stuff. No, but um, we, it's, it's tournament golf. I went into it and, you know, I got a lot of good experience and exposure and uh, it definitely kind of built my confidence up getting ready for um, tournament pro, which I knew I wanted to do um, going in anyway. Real quick. He did make the notable alumni. On yeah, the Western Carolina Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and also one who I That's didn't nice. know went there, one Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel, I saw that. Different Mel yeah. Gibson, apparently. Yeah. Not the same. Because so you share any of the same. Not the same. Beliefs? I don't. Not the one that you're thinking <laughs> yeah. of. I think Mel Gibson of the L.A. Lakers. Always people always ask. Oh, he's a yeah. multi-talent. Yeah, that yeah. guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, Passion of the Christ, the yeah. Lakers, all kinds <laughs> of shit from that guy. How are you still a diehard Tar Heel basketball fan? When I feel like you would hate Carolina after that experience. Like, oh, you, I can't go here. Screw you. No, I think it's just. I think I just from such a young age, I was such a big Tar Heel fan, and so, and it was always more centered around basketball. Um, I never really grew up watching a bunch of uh, Carolina football. It was always just basketball season, and so, you know, when basketball rolls around, I still pull for them, but. From a golf side, I, I just basically took it as more, maybe more personally towards the coach and not necessarily the university. It was more like he doesn't think I'm good enough and, and I'm going to go beat all his guys' ass that he's taken ahead of me. And it was, again, it was like, it was probably the best thing that could happen to me because if he said, great, we want you to come on and, and play, then like you said, I might have played half the events. I might not have gotten in the lineup a whole lot. I might have played here or there and then who knows. But I went to a place where I started and played every event all four years, and and that was a big difference. Yeah, it worked out all right. On a Grizz, I got I got to ask: Have you been to Duke, North Carolina, in person? Yes, probably the greatest sporting event I've been to in my life at Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill, which one? Both or at Chapel Hill? Both, both. I'm trying to remember. I have not been to uh, Duke. I have not been to Cameron Indoor, but. I've been to Chapel Hill when they played Duke. Both teams were, I think, top 10 at the time. And Chapel Hill uh, won by maybe eight or nine or something. Place, like it was, God, they, they brought it. And it was, I mean, I've never been in anywhere so loud in my life. It was nuts. That's, That's a so bucket cool. list if you're yeah. a basketball fan. It was what so year was that you went was, to Even it? if you're not a, 
I'm trying to remember off. I'm I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. I can probably find it, but it was it was probably five years ago or so, four or five years ago. Um, that's so sick. Who, all right, right bonus uh, question. Dude, was, this is kind of an E9 type, but give me your all-time top one th- or one, two, and three corniest Duke basketball players ever. <laughs> Just corniest or uh, most hated. I mean, J.J. Redick, Kyle Singler. Um, Singler, yeah, he took some. And what's what's the – I'm drawing a blank Grayson on the guy. That he's the head coach now. Oh, I Grayson oh, Allen. Shire? Yes. Actually, yeah, Grayson John Allen. Shire? Yeah, I would say Grayson Allen. Grayson's yeah. got yeah. I forgot about Grayson. Grayson Allen. gets a lot of hate. That dude was a punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a punk. I mean, as a as a Tar Heel fan, like there were some there were some cheap shots it seemed like in there, and from our point of view, it didn't look too. JJ Reddick, Reddick good, was like hated at was, Duke, he, and now he, I feel like everyone loves it. Like he's come a long way. Yeah, if you're white and shoot good yeah, at Duke, you're he, just gonna get blasted. It, that's just where you go. If you're white and you shoot good, you're going to go to Duke. They kept, I should have gone there. I, I, I heard a podcast with him. He had to change his phone number like 12 times in college because they kept giving out his phone number. Yeah. Like everywhere. yeah. yeah. Uh, that's incredible. That's, Didn't they do something like yeah. that with Stetson Bennett? Yeah. Uh, Georgia, they, where, who, who they where was that? Was what that the Tennessee that? game and he did the call? He's like, he scored first touchdown. I He's think like, it was, they, yeah. They he got his number. Mm. He did this. Blew his phone. You know, he had like 500 missed calls from like midnight till six. All night. It's a good move. Yeah. I would have talked to all of them. That's it's a good kind of move. genius. Yeah, I like it. Respect. Um, Respect. Let's talk about early on in your pro career because I mean, you won six times in college. You get ready to turn professional, and it didn't really go that well. You, you missed a Q school. You actually yeah. missed a Canadian Q school. And one thing I don't think people know is you Monday qualify into the event at Victoria National, which is one thing. And on mm-hmm. the Corn Ferry Tour, you top twenty-five, you get into the next week. But your situation was rather odd because there was an interesting weather situation that happened on Sunday. Take us through that. Yeah, so uh, like you said, I had Monday in, and it was my first like first web event. Never played a tour event. Never played a web event. So was I made the cut on the number, uh, squeaked by, and then played okay Saturday to be in like maybe 40th place going into Sunday. And um, Sunday, so I start on the back, and Sunday I'm a couple under going into the last hole. Nine is a birdie hole. Not many of them on Victoria National. It's par five. Um, reachable i hit a good drive hit a second shot down there just in front of the green probably like a 20 yard chip and they blew the horn for a thunderstorm and so i knew like there's not many leaderboards on the front nine so i knew i was playing well enough to probably be close to that top 25 number but i wasn't exactly sure where i stood and the whole weather delay i'm just kind of grinding on my phone like going over the scenarios if i make birdie where do i go do i need to make this and I think if I if I get it up and down, I would have gone to T25. But there was a guy behind me that was in the fairway. And if he, he was at T25, he makes birdie, he bumps me out. And so I remember kind of going into it thinking, I probably need to make it, but I definitely need to get it up and down. And, I mean, we were, it was probably an hour and a half rain delay and came back out and everybody's hitting balls. I just went and hit 20-yard chips about for about 15 minutes and then, Go out there and sure enough, hooped it, um, wow. made three, which got me into the next week, um, which was huge, and then finished third in Raleigh, and that got me enough enough money to to have status and starts the rest of the year and parlayed it into a tour card. I mean, that's Matt, that's the sickest. That's, a, that's incredible. The sickest. Yeah, that's the sweetest thing of all. Imagine like, if that doesn't go in because you do go, was, you go through. Dude, the it's phone. the best. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, people have people have asked me like. 
I don't know, like most clutch maybe, but it was definitely the biggest shot of, of my golf career. Like as far as changing kind of the direction and trajectory that I was, that I was going, I would say there's probably some other shots that felt more clutch to me, like in certain scenarios now, but because at the time I just didn't, I was so naive, you know, I knew I wanted to make, I knew I wanted a top 25, but there's no way I would have known that I was going to go on the run that I did and, and what it would mean. So, um, but yeah, now looking back, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, imagine that like just same chip lips out, hits something, hangs on the lip, whatever. All right. The guy makes birdie behind you 26. Now you got to go Monday the next week. That's hard as shit. You maybe don't get in all of a sudden yeah. you're back to Q school. And then you took that and, and just parlayed the hell out of it. And what, yeah. I mean, that event was in what July at the time pre playoff stuff. I think it was April. I think it was April. Yeah. It was early. Um, Cause it was, it would uh, always be cold and it could play hard. I mean, it, it moved late. Anyway. Yeah, it was, I remember it playing hard because I think that that I think I shot four I thought four under Sunday and I want to say like I remember I think Seamus Power might have won he shot like seven or eight under it was it was playing tough mm -hmm. um, so it it was it was wild I mean just get I mean one of those scenarios you get hot and like you start playing well and the stretches of golf and luckily it just lasted about four or five months yeah you played incredible and you. you you, you rallied it right into a PGA Tour card. But, you know, I heard this from Keith Mitchell and your caddy, Aaron Fleener. So I want your side of the story because the rumor has it when you lost in a playoff in Kansas City, y'all got in the minivan to go to Springfield, Missouri the next week, and you were rather pissed off about losing. And Keith was like, dude, what are you so upset about? You're like, man, I lost. And he's like, well, you got a PGA Tour card. Rumor has it you didn't even know you locked up a tour card when you lost in that playoff. No, I didn't. So I thought – I knew at the time I was – I mean – it was kind of late in the season, and so, and I was one of those bubble boys where, like, I was 23 to 26 for so long, and I ended up playing eight events in a row to kind of finish off the year because of that. And, but yeah, I, I, going into the week and going into the playoff, I knew if I won, then I was going to be good. I knew, I knew that that was going to get me enough because at the time it was still money list, it wasn't points. I knew it was going to be enough money to get me across that finish line, but, um, yeah, I, I remember walking off the green pissed because I like I buried the first playoff hole. Like I, I hit a lot of good shots and just didn't just didn't happen. Whatever Wesley won and uh, yeah, Keith was like greets me right off the green and Fleener too and just like fired up like so pumped like yelling. I'm like, dude, what? I lost. Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, did you just see any of this? And he he said, dude, you locked up your card and I, and like flipped a switch could care less about about the tournament it was just dream come true and like we we celebrated accordingly as you should as you should yeah there's such thing as a, as a good loss sometimes and that's one yeah of them. that was that yeah for sure when you got your first tour start like did it ever just set in and be like dude five months ago i didn't even have a canadian card like i was playing the jicks and now all of a sudden here i am first PJ tour start from, from no status to tour card that quickly doesn't happen too often. Yeah, there was definitely, um, like getting on the range early in the week, not necessarily Monday. Cause not many people were there yet on Monday, but like Tuesday and Wednesday early in the week. And you're starting to see some names that are playing in Napa that I'm used to watching on TV and, and, you know, following closely. And now all of a sudden I'm hitting balls next to him on the range. And it was that, that was kind of the first like pinch me kind of moment or starstruck, whatever you want to call it, where I was like, holy cow, like I'm 
I'm on the PGA tour. This is not, you know, this is going to be me for the rest of the year. This isn't just one week. And so, uh, there was definitely a little bit of that feeling, but, um, luckily I was able to kind of set it aside and go play. Okay. That first, first week. Yeah. You, you made it and you obviously, I mean, you've got two wins so far and don't see you slowing down anytime soon, but I got to talk to you about your putting a little bit because in a day and age where everyone strives to make everything look so perfect, you know, you got the track, man, you got the video behind you. Everyone's trying to look like Adam Scott swinging it. Wants to be, everything wants to be perfect. And then you look at your putting. Yeah. You're a great putter. But you do things quite differently. I mean, you got the 10-finger grip. The right arm is higher than the left. You know, it's not the most conventional stroke, but it works. Why Why do you right. think so many people try to teach, like, this perfect putting stroke and everything? And I, I t- when I was talking to Keith this morning, I used you as an example. And Brian Gay, who's one of the best putters the PGA Tour has ever seen. And if you broke it down, he does everything they don't teach. So, yeah. it's, uh, it's made, take us through your putting, though, and, like, how, has, has it just always been that way? Yeah, I don't know if I have an answer for why everybody wants it to be so linear and perfect and and whatnot, but I would say my philosophy and my method, and I would stand by this for my whole career, and it's how it's been my whole life. Is part of it is I'm a I'm a feel player, so like even in my golf swing and and how I play the game, it's very feel based, and I just kind of know what what shots, what feels, does what, and so with my putting my biggest thing is I want to get all, I don't want to have any tension. I don't want to, you know, I want to feel as comfortable as I possibly can over, over the ball. And from there, it's just, it's just reps. I mean, I just, I hit a lot of putts. I hit a lot of putts growing up as a kid. Um, I never saw a putt in green. I didn't like, and I would just go out there for hours and hit putts, whether short putts, long putts, you name it. And just got to a point where I was comfortable and I just, I couldn't I, – I know when I set up to it, wherever my putter's pointing is not where the ball is going to start. But I know where the ball is going to start. And it's just it's just a feel thing. I don't – it's it's hard to teach because I've had – like I've, I've sat there and watched Keith putt, I've, other guys putt, and tried to offer, you know, my advice. And But my philosophy is like I'm just going to get comfortable over it and I'm going to – I know where the ball is going to start and I'm just going to brush it in. Like it's as simple as that. I'm not trying to start it on a perfect line. I'm not trying to make sure I'm lined up dead perfect. Um, I'm just going to get as comfortable as I possibly can over it and then just brush it in. And it's just kind of how I've always done it. I love what you say about getting comfortable because especially over a putter when it's the most stressful you can probably feel is that that nervy 10 footer. You got to feel comfortable over it. Yeah. And I feel like that's one thing you do in your golf swing too. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you, you walk into the ball, you're not a guy that really lines up behind it. You're, you're, yeah. you're beside the ball. You'd give a tug to your glove. And then I feel like you kind of just yeah. look down the fairway and kind of aim and feel it out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, again, like I'm a field guy. I'm, I'm very, like very visual. Um, I just, I mean, Fleener and I, a lot of times we're, we're picking a, a specific shot with low fade, high fade, draw, you know, hard draw, whatever. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of painting the picture, but I'm not, like you said, I'm not a guy that's going to stand behind it and like pick a target and I'm going to hit it right there. I'm, I'm kind of looking out in this area and I'm just going to draw it or I'm going to look out in this area and I'm going to fade it. Um, and same, you know, same thing with the putting. Like when I read greens, I'm not picking a spot out you know i'm not saying one cup out or two balls out or i'm not picking a spot halfway that i'm trying to roll it over i just kind of see a path and see the ball going in the hole and i just kind of have a feel or know 
where that where that is and where that path is and just starting it on that, love on that, that. line. I love hearing that. I feel like the more really good putters we talk to when we walk through it, it sounds like that. It sounds like you said. And then you talk to the guys who struggle putting and they're the ones with 17 yeah. devices and, a li- well, and lines and like everything has to be perfect. And I'm like, yeah. why don't you try to copy the guys that seem to be the best at it? That's what they don't do. All Look that. at all the and, and I would say a step further, like, look at all the best putters in the world. Nobody does it the same, really. Like, you got Snedeker who pops it. You've got Zach Johnson who was a great putter, and he, you know, he's got a little different setup. Jordan Spieth is a great putter. He's crosshand. Like, it, like, there's so many different ways to do it. It's just I think those are guys that have found what's comfortable to them and what feels right to them, and they stick with it, and then they just go hit putts, and their confidence goes up, and then – they're off and rolling. I mean, yeah, like Crenshaw stroke. No, I was going to say one you'd you'd look at and be like, I want to stroke it like that. Well, I would, but yeah, Brent, yeah. I mean, but Brant Snedeker okay. could hit eight putts before like Lauren Roberts hit one. I mean, it's just that long, slow. Yeah. David Toms was David very Toms, similar. Yeah. There's, it's just there's David so Toms many different ways to do one. it. Yeah, that's that's really cool to yeah. hear. Staying on your field for a moment, let's go to your yeah. golf swing because this past year started out you weren't having your best year. You start off slow with some missed cuts, and then bam, at some point it was around Harbor Town, something clicked in your golf swing. And we talked to you about it yeah. a little bit before that, but you get a win all of a sudden you end up at East Lake and have a monster year. You're headed to Hawaii. What was it that all of a sudden mid season last year, like, Oh, got it. I think it was the culmination of just working on the golf swing for a while. I definitely had gotten into some bad habits um, with my swing and just getting it back to where it was in a little bit, some better positions and allow me to be more consistent. I, I don't know there wasn't like a specific thought at Hilton head that clicked and it was just like, now we're off and running. It was just, it finally just kind of all came together. I would, I would say there were some weeks before that I had started to hit it good, you know, hit it like that for two rounds or three rounds. And Hilton head was kind of the first time all four of them came together. And um, again, it's just, it's a confidence thing. It's a trust thing. Like you can sit there and stripe it all day on the range and at home and shoot a bunch of low scores, but, it, I just knew it was going to be a little, little matter of time before I did it, you know, on tour, on the road. And then as soon as that happened, it was like we're off and rolling. Well, Hilton Head was very good, but I think things really clicked when either you hit the fence or that tree left of number 12 at Travelers on Thursday. <laughs> Let's be honest I here. I think I hit – yes. That, that was the biggest probably momentum – swing I get I mean I didn't even I didn't I didn't even see it I I hit it so far left there might be a house over there that you can't even see <laughs> what it hit because it was I didn't even watch it I saw it I was trying to hit this kind of bleeder fade that I'd hit there all the time and I just hit the biggest tomahawk draw double cross and as soon as I saw it get up in the air I I turned and I went over the bag to grab a ball and Fleener saw it hit tree and kick out 50 yards or something into the fairway and hit a six iron on the green and birdied the next five after that, I think. So it was like, went from making seven to 500. And you finished second that week and then you win the next week at John Deere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what clicked. Weird shit like that can happen. (laughs) That is what clicked. Yeah, exactly. That was literally, Uh, it's, I mean, those are the types of things like when you look back, like we didn't win that week, but those are the types of things where you do something like that and you get an incredible break. And that's, those are things that happen when you, when you win or when you have, great weeks is you you get some incredible breaks and you get you know stuff like that happens we had something similar to that happen at Wyndham second hole of the tournament i kind of hooked one left and thought it was going in the hazard of the road on 11 and kicked in hit a tree kicked in the mulch made par and 
we're off and rolling. I mean, didn't look, make bogey. Yeah, didn't. You look at your two wins. That's what I was going to say. Did not make bogey. Tell you that, bud. Yeah. Bogey free at Wyndham. That's a joke. What was that? First person since like 1974. Yeah, and then at John Deere, I mean, you're wire to wire. Like when you when you get up there, you, you don't go. mess around. You go. Yeah, I mean, I it's I think you know we were talking about college and like having success and winning. I think a lot of that comes to I, I had a lot of good finishes in college and and won several times. So getting to the top of the leaderboard, whether it's a college event or amateur event or PJ Tour event, um, you're still just you're trying to win a golf tournament. And you know, Colt, you know, like you guys know, it's not you. you it's just trying to close it out, trying to trying to win. Um, and there's an art to that. So I got to ask though, like for, yeah. for guys that have never gone that long without making a bogey, like I, I know you're won. trying to win the golf tournament, but at any point you're like, Holy shit, I've gone 64 yeah, holes right now. You had to be aware of that. No, I definitely, and honestly, it was probably a good thing. I, I, uh, because coming down the stretch on Sunday, like the last nine holes, I had a couple good par putts that I made to kind of keep the momentum of the round going and staying bogey free. And, my whole mentality was not worrying about this is to keep me tied for the lead or to keep me one ahead or to keep me one back or like where I stood on the leaderboard. My mentality was I want to stay bogey free and post a low number. And just if I get beat, then I literally got beat. I didn't make any mistakes, but I wanted to try and stay bogey free. And so like coming down the stretch, that was actually kind of my, my focal point. Um, trying to close it out That's so we cool. had fleener on the following monday on the radio show and i think the first thing he said when he came on he's like you boys seen any bogeys yep i haven't seen one i can't seem to find one oh man what a uh, beaut we didn't take as long we, we got to talk week, about fleener we made oh, i'm sorry oh well no i think i was gonna say it didn't take us long liberty national next week i think we we made like a dub on fifth or sixth hole or out of way. just get it out of the way and got rid of it just yeah. get it out of the way too much I pressure i know I love it. I mean, it that'd be so cool winning in your home state of North Carolina. It gets you an invite to the yeah. masters, which I know 2020 was obviously a much different masters being in November and everything. Yeah. How excited are you for this coming April to get to experience, you know, your first real masters, what it feels like, what, what feels like it's yeah. going to be a real masters. I can't wait. I mean, I, the, like you said, the November, ma it's still the masters. The November masters was great. Uh, it was a little eerie, you know, nobody out there. Um, but it was, I mean, it's still a great experience. You got to play in the Masters. But April, getting to do, you know, the practice rounds, having all the patrons back out there, uh, the par three tournament, like all the stuff that goes with it. And then, you know, getting a real look at, at what it what it looks like in April. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I know Fleener's pumped. Um, it's going to be a blast. He looks great you, in that white jumpsuit. Who are you bringing out for the practice <laughs> rounds? He's going to – what's that? Who are you bringing for the practice rounds before? You got a list? Uh, I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my brother um, at some point. Uh, last time I took my dad, and I took Fleener, um, and then I'm this time around I'm gonna take my brother, and then I'm not sure after that. I gotta find I gotta figure out when when we're gonna go. Uh, but I know at least my brother Bailey. Well, let's let's we got we, we gotta got talk about Fleener. Fleener's the guy. Cause, yeah. And I'll be honest. Right, he <laughs> I mean, he I is. don't know if I was the first, but I was one of the first times he ever caddied in a professional event. And it was at a corn fairy oh, yeah. event in Knoxville. But here's a guy. I mean, he, he played college golf, but wasn't, you know, he wasn't caddying full time or anything like that. And he worked his way right into a PGA Tour job. Now he's got two wins with you. What's this relationship been like with the big cat, Aaron Fleener? Dude, he's the, he's one of the, he's the greatest human being alive. Anybody that knows him 
knows that and anybody that doesn't know him or sees it from afar can probably tell or get that feel just um he you know i get asked a lot of times like what like what makes fleener so good at at, at what he does what makes him a good caddy i'm like you know everybody anybody can add can add up the numbers and, and talk you know walk the courses and and i mean he's he's had his he's had his, his moments we can talk about that if you want i'm sure he you know those stories we'll get to that is he's yeah he's he's just so good at being a good dude like it's and it's obviously because he is it's so natural to him but like we just have fun out there and like he's so good at he's quick-witted and like good at making you laugh and like kind of taking that stress away and like that you know if, if you're playing well like he's good at keeping you away from thinking about the leaderboard or whatever and if you're playing terrible then he's good at throwing a couple jokes or giving you some shit and saying you know forget about it. Like let's bounce back. Like you, it's, he's, he's a natural. Are you concerned at all that he might be signing a major record deal in the near future and leaving the game of golf behind? I hope not. I hope he's thinking of that as his, you know, retirement plan. I'd like to think, you know, if you can sing you now, you're always going to be able to sing. I mean, a lot of those artists, they're, they're on tour till they're old as dirt and, you know, I hope he wants to kind of walk those walk those fairways with me for a long time, and then whenever we decide to shut it down, then he can pursue that. So he is the best. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. He's getting big time pretty quick, and everybody's figuring out how good he can sing. So, celebrity yeah. caddy, dude, look out for that. You know what I mean? Could be tough. Yeah, I know, I know, no, I know. You keep winning yeah. though. You His keep winning like you big. are. I feel like he'll be around. We for keep a bit. playing good golf. I'll keep him around a little longer. Mm-hmm. That is true. The more exposure he gets, then the bigger record deal he gets. I mean, he might be out there with Luke Combs on tour one day. You never know. Play the long game. Play the long game. Go from caddying for James Tyree to opening for Luke Combs. Sounds like a pretty good little story. There you go. Yeah, uh, That's a nice resume. That is a very nice resume. <laughs> Should we get to the E9? <laughs> yeah, let's gonna, go. All right, we're going to get to the E9 here with you, JT. Um, we asked this to everybody. You can be anyone for a day, dead or alive. Who would you choose? Get to oh, walk God. in those shoes um, for one whole day. This is supposed to be like rapid fire. No, you can think or, on it. Think on it. First thing, let, let me. Um, dead or alive? I mean, I think Michael Jordan would be up there. I'm, I'm my my first thought always goes to like an athlete, and I think I think MJ would be pretty I, cool. I thought Carolina boy, there was no doubt it was going to be getting, MJ. Yeah. MJ is becoming popular. Yeah. I think I think I think Hard MJ in Chapel Hill would have been would have been pretty cool. Yeah, as a okay. as a as a Tar Heel. First fan. off, MJ anywhere. MJ present MJ, day is still yeah. pretty damn cool. Sounds pretty fucking good. <laughs> present day is pretty good. <laughs> I don't know he's what he's got, he's got doing, but I bet it's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right. All right. You're recently married. All right. So congrats on that. But this, so you have good perspective on this question. Who owns more Gucci? Your current wife or your former roommate, Keith Mitchell? <laughs> uh, Get him. Keith Mitchell. No, sure. I freaking knew it. It's not even close. Keith Mitchell. What a little bougie. Yeah, I don't even. I, I don't I don't know who owns what, but it's got to be Keith. I was yeah, going, I bet Keith's got more bags. I was going through the airport the other day, and there was this guy going through security. He had a Louis backpack, a Louis suitcase, Louis belt, Louis shoes, and Louis sunglasses. I was like, "Holy shit, Keith Mitchell's in Keith. Phoenix." <laughs> it wasn't him though. I was I was really disappointed it wasn't him. Excuse me, sir. Where'd you get that? God, yeah. Head to toe, Louis. Mr. Where'd Mitchell? you get that subtle outfit? Kevin. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Jeff, Mitchell. whatever your name is. Bonus ball, give me the yeah. worst roommate habit of Keith Mitchell. He's not very clean. Not very clean. Oh. We uh, mm. 
we stayed in some hotels together uh, on the web.com tour, you know, saving some pennies here and there. And he, uh, he likes to leave his clothes all over. I mean, all over the place. This is and anybody that stayed with him will know what I will know what I'm talking about. It could be anywhere. Poor Keith. I mean, I talked to him for 20 minutes this morning. He had nothing but nice things to say about you. And then we come on here and just shit all we over love him. It. We, if, if, <laughs> I mean, y'all are just giving me your alley. I mean, we're just alley. tossing these up, dude. Just here you go. Uh, yeah, finish that. If we, he would do the same. He would do the same to me if, if you gave him some layups. If we drag you on this show, it means we love you. That's true. If we don't drag yeah. you. That is true. You suck. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Next one. When I hear things aren't going too well on the golf course, you tend to say, I'm never coming back to this effing place again. I need to hear <laughs> your top three courses that you've said that the most at. The best one is definitely Travelers. I mean, I said it, I said it about Travelers, and I the reason I said it, I feel like I should play well at Travelers, and until this year, I'd never made the cut there. <laughs> and for some reason, I, could, I couldn't pinpoint why. I feel like it's a good course set up for me. Couldn't tell you why. Um so that one's probably top of the list. I said it about Mycoba, Mexico, because um, I love hitting in the mangroves down there and making sevens. You and Slay's got that in common. Mm-hmm. Probably a faulty we, driver. Yeah, dog, not I, got, <laughs> I got that covered. One of the rounds recently, I shot 72 and made like nine birdies, just playing great. And then I just hit two just sideways drives on two holes and screw it up. Um Third one, I don't know. The Fleener, Fleener, Fleener knows them better. I mean, I'm good at I'm good at saying it, and I forget it now, and I'm and I'm good. Fleener probably remembers. My Coba was on the list, and then Bay Hill. He goes, but Bay Hill's twenty million this year. We're going oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> Change my mind, yeah, boys. I, Coming yeah. back. I, yeah, I mean, they don't pay any of that twenty million if you don't make the cut. So it's true. I don't, we still got to decide on that one. So I. But yeah, Bay Hill, I have a hard time with Bay Hill. I was talking to Keith about that this morning. I was talking about his schedule, and he was like, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to skip L.A. and play Honda or the other way around. I'm like, you're going to skip L.A.? It's $20 million. He goes, yeah, I've never made a cut there, and I've won at Honda, and I don't think anybody's going to yeah. play. I'm like, okay, never mind. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – I mean, the way I'm looking at it, like Bay Hill, yeah, the purse is, is great, but a week off before our biggest purse of the year is probably not a bad idea either. It's a great point. They so. don't pay if you miss the cut. Yeah, there's something to that. You'll get I can speak to that. That's, that's, got to sign a little we, deal we with that. Not, we have, fly. Mm. I, think, I, think, I don't think we've even shot under par on Bay Hill yet. So we, You we ain't gotta, the only one. That place is... We got to figure that one out. Yeah, monster. it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard. It's a beast. All right, I'll tee up again. To, to I'll, I'll throw another oop up to you let you finish this thing. You got a good rap with Max Homa, obviously. You recently posted his uh, high school picture on Twitter, okay? Let's assume you'd never met Max Homa in your life before and you saw that picture. Give me your first impression. Oh, God. I mean, he, he, he probably probably looks like, like a douche to me. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> one of those I'm not, I'm not sure. But, uh, yes. I don't know. Uh, would we be friends? Maybe. Uh, would Would we have a whole lot in common? Maybe not. I don't think I'd go the double stud earring. Man, personally, nice. I don't have any of those pictures back in the day. But also, like when I was that age, like I looked like I was eleven years old, so I don't have a whole lot of room to talk. I was very but, happy when you uh, did that because he posted my like freshman college picture on yeah. my birthday and just yeah. buried me. It's tough. And so uh, I was very proud of you. When you I did didn't. That. I did not. I did not realize the traction that it would get, but it was, it was good. It was. It was pretty good. 
that had to be peak boy band era right there. Had to be. Oh yeah. When Justin was doing it, like, oh, I'll do that. Or that other dude from the other one. Um, whatever. Backstreet. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, we can stay on Max here. right in. Oh, we, there you go. Yeah. Here's yeah. another one. Is it true that Max Homa is your mom's least favorite golfer on the PGA Tour? <laughs> no, she loves she loves <laughs> Max, but she she still holds a grudge over the fact that so that bet that we that we did the Braves Dodgers bet the first time we did it, Dodgers win, he gets to take over my Twitter for 24 hours, and he did it. I gotta give him props. He he crushed it. He had some funny stuff that he threw out there and. Um, one of the ones was like, even my mom, I forget what, even my mom doesn't call me the real JT or yeah. something like that, or calls me, even my mom calls me the other JT. Yes. Yeah, that's something what like it that. was. And she's, and my mom saw it and she's like, what? Like, and, but she, I mean. Max said she came up to the other JT, baby. I love you. Max said she came up to him at a she tournament to- and like played it off really good. Like she was actually like, Hey, I do not think that. Hey, you little asshole! Yeah, yeah, she did. She likes to, she likes, she likes to kind of egg it on a little bit. I like that. Have some fun with it, which, yeah, which was great. All right, that's perfect segue into this next one because you've been nice enough to come on our radio show on occasion when we call you and ask you. Is the best part about coming on that on Gravy and the Sleeves is that we've never introduced you as former Alabama standout Justin Thomas as some other radio shows, (laughs) nationally syndicated radio shows. That is incredible. (laughs) What show was that? that? That was the perfect. It was ESPN. It was, it was, I don't even remember. It was the day after the John Deere, I think. And I mean, I was, I don't know what happened. I don't know where the miscommunication was, but they kind (laughs) of, it's like the intro and it's like talking about something that Justin had had just tweeted out or like that kind of went viral a little bit. And they were talking about it and they said, Alabama stand out. And I'm like, no way. I didn't know what to say. I mean, it was like, 20 seconds in, and, the, and and they say, like, how you doing, JT? And I'm like, guys, I don't know what to tell you, but this is not the JT that you guys think you're talking to. Uh, See, you, I wish you would have just played it off and acted like Justin Thomas and said just the most ridiculous things. I know. I, I mean, in hindsight, that would have been pretty funny to do that, but God, that's I, 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 was, I was caught off guard. I'm not going to lie. I was caught off guard. I was, I was still riding the high of coming off a win. I thought maybe – they would know that it was the right guy, but obviously they they didn't. And um, man, it was that was pretty bad. They all can't be professionals like yeah, dude. Not everybody's know? so buttoned yeah, up with hey, the research are, like we are. Should yeah, come in on your game. Hey, good to have me. Thanks for having me on, boys. Auburn sucks. Tiger sucks. Uh, Rory sucks. Everyone <laughs> sucks. I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one. This isn't grammatically correct, but it makes it funny. Uh, what's wetter? A water park? Or you at Congaree in 2021? Me, you, I, I cannot be wetter than I was at Congaree in 2021. <laughs> Could not be. DJ, we were playing with DJ, and DJ is sitting there, and there is a puddle on the green. And I'm sitting there like, it's like near my, I'm like, you know, we're trying to play. I'm trying to set my ball down, like behind the mark, and you know, get ready to hit this putt soaking wet. And I'm like, this is like kind of, cause it dumped rain. I was like, is this casual water? Like, do we need to, you know, get the brushes out or whatever and, and squeegee it. And DJ goes, no, bro, that's from your shirt. Or like something <laughs> like that. Where he's like saying like, I was so wet. And he's like, that's just from your shirt or from your clothes. I mean, it, 
I was with your group that day and I was laughing hysterically at you and Fleener looking at each other like, are you kidding me? We don't have the umbrella right now. Yeah. Well, I like I will I will stick up for Fleener. We talked like there was a 20, well, I don't know what it was a 20% chance of rain, 30% chance of rain, not a big percent chance of rain for South Carolina in the summertime. And if anything, you know, I grew up in the Carolinas. I live in Georgia. I would have thought if it's going to rain, it's going to be a thunderstorm and we're not going to be out here playing in it. And so I, and he was like, you think we need the umbrella? And I was like, oh, I don't know, probably not. And sure enough, like mm. just absolute downpour for five minutes, 10 minutes. And soaked. So I couldn't have been more wet if I jumped in a pool. God, that was funny. I felt bad for Fleener doing I was that. Just I was like, tired. as a part-time <laughs> professional caddy myself, I was like, damn. That's tough. That's tough. Scene. <laughs> yeah, he got absolutely part-time. crucified on social media too. I, I might have buried him on air, like Lord did. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the, it's all right. It's the all boss right. says no umbrella. I ain't bringing an umbrella. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I like I was just as much to blame there as he was, but on on air and 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 to most people's eyes, it, it you know it looked like he was the one that. As, as Tommy Armour the Third will always tell you, the umbrella is part of the bag. Yeah. Fleener's got enough fan yeah. equity. He could bounce back from he that. He well, he, I mean, some of those weeks after, he'd say, you know, 2%, and that umbrella would be in there for the rest, <laughs> for that summertime. He's like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, I brought snorkels, bro. We're going to be fine, no matter what. Yeah. All right, last yeah. one from me. Give me the worst experience you've ever had with hitting a fan with an errant tee shot. Uh, Detroit, yeah. we were playing Sunday – uh, we were in the final group Sunday of the year that Nate Lashley won by like a million. We, I mean, I think we were in second and we were like six or seven back starting the day. But we get to par five on the back. I think it's 14 or 15. And I hit one left. And so like we're in the final group. There's a bunch, there's a bunch of people and we're yelling for, and apparently like we're yelling for and everybody kind of ducks and some girl like turned around like this and I hit her like right in the, mm upper lip like busted her lip open like real bad and we're walking up there and the volunteer kind of gives me a warning like hey like so you know there's like there's some blood like you you hit a girl in the face and i get up there and she's fine like she's like adamant about like i'm fine like don't worry about me like and so i'm kind of telling her like you know reach out to me like you send me a dm or something i want to make sure you're okay um and then like I hit my shot and we're walking about 15 yards, 20 yards in front. And like another guy's like kind of laying down like woozy, like about to pass out. And I'm like looking at Fleener and I'm like, did I, did I hit two people? Like what, what happened? What, you know, I saw the one girl that busted up her lip, but I was like, even if I hit her, how could I have hit another? I was confused by it. And then come to find out it was the girl's boyfriend that was like the guy that was woozy and he like saw the blood and he like got kind of, you know, lightheaded and almost passed out just from looking at the, oh. at the blood. I mean, so, the, the girl you did, you did her, her a favor, dude. You dropped the dead weight. There's no way that I guy mean, hung on. Yeah. In that relationship. I, don't, I don't know if he's still around or not. I don't, I haven't kept up with her, but I, she did send me a DM and said she was okay. And I think I hooked her up with some tickets next year. And yeah, here's yeah. some more. And I, bro- I only need one. Cause I broke up with go. my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, don't don't when somebody yells for this time, don't turn around and try and look for it. Here's some tickets. Wear a helmet next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, back in the day, we had the golf boys, Ben Crane, Ricky Fowler, Hunter Mahan, Bubba Watson. Okay. We're going to switch this over to the caddy version. And obviously, the big cat, Aaron Fleener, is the lead singer. I need three caddy yeah. members to finish off this boy band. I mean, Gino Benelli is an easy one. Mm. Um, He's the hype man. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Joe Griner in there. Yeah, he's got and the then, beard. Looked like ZZ Top back in the day. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could. He could pull he that off. Book. I'm struggling with a fourth. Who else? Can I put? I mean, he's not a caddy, but can we put Harry Higgs in there? Sure. Big yeah. We'll allow. It. We'll allow it. Yeah. yeah, we'll allow it. I feel like that. I mean, Shirt off. he'd get the crowd going. Yeah. Another hype man. Two hype men. I yeah, love that. I'd, exactly. I'd rather watch them than the original Golf Boys. They need to bring that back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, if somebody's going to get it going, I'd put, I, I, could, it. I would put my money on Fleener and Gino. They'll, they'll get it rolling. Yeah, they'll follow. All right, obviously, Fleener's known for calling Baton Rouge. I mean, that's his, that's his go-to. Do you have another favorite song that he sings? So he sang my wife Kelly and I's first dance song at our wedding. Oh. He what sang, was it? Um, now you're putting me on the spot. You should know oh, this, shit. sir. It was like it was just happening. <laughs> well, you put dog. me on the spot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got uh, it. This is uh, steady go heart. Viral at all. It was steady heart. Yeah, I know. Steady heart. This dude. is going to be the clip that you're going to cut and say. Yeah, this will be the first yeah. one. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. Here's JT Post, and he got uh, married two weeks ago and doesn't remember his wedding song. <laughs> you get a little blasted heart, on those things. It. it happens. Steady heart. I like it. That's steady awesome, heart. man. Yeah, that's cool. He's saying we had a couple cocktails. It was great. I mean, and he crushed it per usual. There's some there's some videos floating around on the internet of it for sure. Well, you crushed this, my friend. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. That was a blast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, that was JT Poston joining us on Golf Subpar. Man, that was so much fun. First off, he just got married and he didn't even remember his wedding song. Hopefully, the, the wifey probably not a listener. That one's probably going to skirt under the, under the radar. Under the radar. However, first she, fight. Maybe she soon. gets informed by it randomly by a listener. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what could happen? Uh, but man, we mentioned his caddy, Aaron Fleener. We've had him on the show. One of my best buddies in the world. The man can sing. Look out! You better keep paying him well, James Tyree. Keep winning, he might bud. Be, might be heading for a record deal. Keep winning, bud. And then I also love that right after he won, comes on the radio, nationally syndicated ESPN radio. They introduce him. The dude, the host, think he's Justin Thomas. And I was like, God, that's just the pride. That's just a tough. That's why you got to go by Tyree, by the way. Nobody Great thinks point. Justin Thomas is Tyree. You start just saying, hey, just call me Tyree. Easy. You're Great one. Point. You become a one name. You become Tiger, Beyonce, Madonna. All you need is one name. Tyree. That's yeah. it. And we talked about his putting. You know, we t- all, everyone that plays the game of golf wants to be perfect. They want it to look like Adam Scott. Well, newsflash, it ain't. Do it your way. And make it work. And that's what James Tyree does. Like all the best putters kind of have that same mentality. It's the guy that tries to be like the robot with all the, you know, stuff that it's like, dude, you're just stripping down all the field. That's why I like talking to guys like, like Tyree who are great putters, but it doesn't look like you wouldn't necessarily walk into an instructor, but do it like this. But guess what? He makes tweets. I might just go by Tyree. You're going to jack that? No, no. If I'm him. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Tyree would eliminate all the confusion. Ah. You're one name. Rory. People say Rory. They're not thinking about anybody else. Say JT. Like, well, that's my name, too. And this will be his second Masters this coming April. But his first one where he gets the full experience. He played in the 2020 Masters, won by Dustin Johnson during COVID, where obviously limited patrons, very, very few patrons, played in November. He gets the full experience, and he is very excited about it. Yeah, why wouldn't you be? This is like your first real one. I mean, I know going there under any circumstances is sweet, but like, you're all hyped up for your first one. You walk out there and it's like, ah, 
where is everyone? And it just played so different. Yeah. I mean, that was when DJ just bombed it around that joint. But really enjoyed sitting down with James Tyree. That was great. All right, let's get to some gambling, our specialty, as we do here. Of course. Jags, how about – I had Jags last week. Where? Never, Never in doubt, doubt, by the way. <laughs> Easy. Some nitwit bet 1.4 million to win 11 grand on Chargers money line at 27 to zero. I felt obviously not listening to the show. I felt better the next day than he did. Yeah, I had a I had a bit of a bad run this week, and that made me feel a lot better. Well, I didn't burn one four. What a stupid bet, How, though. If you have that kind of money, throw it on a second half live bet. Does 11 grand move the needle enough to even wager that? There's no up. I mean, that's I would hope nothing. Not. That's a, something we'll probably never have to worry about. Maybe Rams. Although I would love to f- imagine the feeling you get with 1.4 out there. But that'd be just on like a spread. The feeling. It'd have to be f- to win more than 11. My heart would be going 9,000 RPMs, and I'd be sweating, and I'd be freaking That's fun, out. Like, what You're alive. Oh, yeah, That's, that's great. what it's all about. Remember, Responsibly, though. Remember obviously. when it was 27 nothing? <laughs> that was cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my Responsibly God. firing 1.4 million. I took the Bills. They lost to... Some quarterback no one's ever even heard of. I think that's out of, sneaky out of K State. Sneaky close. Skyler. Right. Well, let's get back to it. By the way, my Cowboys. Well, I'm not sure at this point if they won or lost, but when this comes out, it'll be one or the other. So either I'm going to be I a happy football feeling. fan. Oh, this or we'll be uh, sad together. Reminds me because it's been a long time since we did this. Is the first show back since the TCU. George. You're in the you're in the same. We recorded that one. The day of TCU. Oh, yeah, they lost. And then um, by a little bit, we it was close. We just ran out of time. It was one of those games like we just need a couple more possessions. We were starting to figure them out at the end. They kneeled it on their last possession. They had had enough. Couldn't handle it. We don't want any more throwing in the white I was a big fan of Georgia when they went for it on fourth and five up like 65 seconds. Up 100 to zero. I was like, really, dude? And then they bring in their second string. Oh, they're pulling their starters. Guess who their second stringers are? Just next year's NFL draft crop. And I was like, they're pissed. They're finally getting their chance to go. I was like, just end this this debacle immediately. Um, Keith Mitchell's trying to get me to wear a Georgia hat on this show, which, by the way, was never part of the bet. So I'm going to probably fade that. A lot, but he's been the... Was it? He's been... It was not part of the bet. I can go back and show all the texts, too. But he's trying to lean on that heavy, but I'm opting out of that. Not part of the deal. Okay. But good luck to you. You're the, yeah, you're Here we go. Yeah, we'll find out. real pissed. All right, well, let's get to some football before we get to the golf. Um, I'm going to start it off. You know, we're getting yeah, down to get the nitty-gritty. This is tough. Oh, you don't even have I one yet? Get mine. Oh, well, so we don't know all the as, matchups yet. As you're watching, um, we're obviously doing a lot of research, heavy research into our into our football picks. This is tough. I got. I really want to go with the Chiefs over the Jags. I think the Jags are a little spent, and I think the Chiefs are. <laughs> Chiefs. I don't. I think everyone thinks they're the, the real deal. But this Cincinnati Bengal team half, is on a Michigan. On, on a Michigan. Sorry, no, didn't mean hmm. that. A little Freudian they are on, slip. They are on a mission. I love Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Weapon, T. Higgins, all the guys going up to Buffalo, getting four and a half. I mean, they had. Obviously, their game with what happened to Mar Hamlin didn't get to be played out. I'm excited for this one. This is a big time matchup. It's in Buffalo, which is going to be tough. But Cincinnati can handle the handle the cold. Giving Joe Burrow four and a half, I like it. Ooh, a little dog play there. I like that a lot. All right, I'm just pulling this up right now. I'm just going to go off the top of the head. Our producer's not going to like this, but oh, the Giants boy. have advanced, knocking off the Vikings. They're going up against Philadelphia Eagles, having a bit of a year coming back. Should be healthy. They're catching seven and a hook. This is no offense to Mark. Well, maybe a little bit of offense to Mark. I don't think New York's very good. I don't either. And I think Philly is really good. I didn't think they were at the beginning, but they've done it over and over and over. I'm like, that team's really damn good. I'm going to take the Eagles in a beatdown at home. I Minus mean, seven and a hook. 
you know, we're supposed to stay in the moment, and not get ahead of ourselves. That's but no fun. If my God, can the Cowboys just somehow have beat the Bucks yesterday when this all came out, and then go to San Fran somehow take down Brock Purdy, Eagles Cowboys NFC East champion NFC Championship game It'd be oh fun. God, it would be fun. You guys, I think y'all beat. I'm gonna go out and predict this. I could look like an asshole after this. I think you beat the Bucks, lose to the Niners. I think Brock Purdy's gonna. I think he doesn't have to around. do a whole lot with the rest of that team. I think he's got a pretty nice gig. All right, well, let's get to some golf. Yeah. Art, what well, art? I mean, we're a golf show and we're experts. We're on to the Amex Championship Obviously. last week. Okay. I took Jordan Spieth and Denny McCarthy. You were looking good. They were 1 2 after Thursday. Denny good. had a solid week. Jordan, a little MC. First round lead to MC. Don't know what the hell happened. Let's just forget about it, Jordan, and move on. It's rare, but it does happen. It happens That's- on the PGA Tour. I've done it on the Jicks. It's uh, humbling, but uh, it happens, even to the greats. So he'll bounce. You know what? I'm not worried about Jordan. Listen, gonna he's, be okay. he's gonna bounce back. We're gonna, gonna bounce back. Be okay. We're heading out to Palm Springs, the American Express Championship. But really good field. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantley, Xander Schauffele. It's a very nice Tom list. Kim. Yep. I'm gonna go with the current number two player in the world, who played well here last year, I believe, and he's going off at ten to one. Scotty Scheffler. Yep. Okay, Scotty. Um, I'm going to go with a guy. I'm, I'm staying high on top of the board this week. I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay, mm. plus 950. Uh, he doesn't really ever play bad. He hasn't played a whole lot this year. He was runner-up in, in Vegas to Tom Kim. We've only seen him once since then. 16th at the TOC, whatever. No big deal. Kind of a vacation week or whatever, but he should be well-rested, tighten up the game, playing close to home. Give me Patrick Cantlay. Got to make a million birdies out there, and he can fill it up just about as good as anybody. He lives in Florida. Yeah, but it's home, home, home. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Home, home. Okay. Uh, for a dark horse, I got two dark horses for you. Ooh. Okay. A double dark? Yes. Mm-hmm. Guy that was got off to a nice start again last week, but I feel like this kind of golf just suits him really well. You know, it's the stadium course is challenging. The Nicholas course is kind of whatever. La Quinta, you shoot the grass off the place. But Cam Davis going off at 48-1, to 1, I think this guy is just going to continue to rise in the world rankings. Played great at the President's Cup. Has picked up a PGA Tour win. I just really like his game, and at 48, 48 to one, I I'm gonna go with Cam Davis, and then just because I couldn't believe the number that was next to his name. Talk he's, to me. He's off to a nice, solid start this year, making his first start of 2023. He's going off at 65 to one. Talk to me. Saw a swing on the internet the other day that looked pretty damn good. Ah. Ricky Fowler, let's go. What do you think about that new action? I mean, it looks clean. I don't give a damn what Ricky's actually looking. He was pretty either. good when people would say, oh, it's too flat, it's too laid off, all this stuff. He just is good at golf. I think the more he gets away from the swing and just hits shots, the better. But it doesn't hurt when it's perfect, and that looked pretty damn good. It looked as good as I've seen it. We'll see what it looks like in an actual tournament. All right. 65 but, to 1, sprinkle a little something on it. Yeah. Um, I'm Speaking of dudes that are hot and a number next to them that is attractive, how about Taylor Montgomery, plus 4,500? Uh, all he does is never play bad. Going back to Corn Ferry, he's on as good of a run as anybody has been in the last six months. Any tour, he finished what twelfth uh, last week, which is like a ho hum finish for him. He was on the first page of the leaderboard most of the final round. I think that's eight events, seven top fifteens. I mean, he makes everything, which you got to do in Palm Springs because people are gonna just go incredibly low. It's desert guy. I mean, he's a Vegas guy, but you know, kind of similar grass, you know, overseeded rye, all that. Give me, I'll just keep riding Taylor Montgomery while they're throwing out. When's odds he like gonna this. take a week off? Why would you? As soon Fair. as he stops liking money, probably. He's a Montgomery. He likes He's money. doing all right. He's <laughs> doing all right. So, yeah, give me TM plus 4,500. All right. I like it. That's going to do it for our picks for the Amex this week. Before we go, this podcast continues to grow and grow and grow. And when I was down at the Latin Am, I feel like 
I, I've learned we have reached a new audience. We're popular down in Barbados. Oh. My man Simon. Is that, where, is that where Rihanna's from? I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere around there. That's where Matt, I know. <laughs> Mark can fact check that. That's where I know my man Simon is from. Big listener of the show. Listens every single week. Shout so out, Met Simon. him down there. Want to give him a big shout out. Uh, he's a banker. Plays some, obviously plays good enough to get in the Latin American amateur. So it was really cool meeting him. And just to know that Subpar has made its way to Barbados. Barbados. Maybe, Maybe we do a live a show. Great spot to do yeah. a live show from. If you don't want to come, I'll just go. Yeah. I'll handle it solo. Perfect. You know, do a little recon. Also, the thumb question. Oh, thumb God. or eyeball got go. introduced, which is a great debate, by the way. You're heavy on you'd rather lose a thumb. I'm heavy on I'd rather lose one eye. How about Jeremy, our champion blind golfer, tweeting in at me? He's like, hey, dude, uh, I'm the legally blind golfer. I've won this and that. I would much rather. He's like, I couldn't imagine not having a thumb. From a dude who golfs legally blind, that should settle. I think that just settles the whole debate. Okay, that's going to do it for that's us. That's, <laughs> that's going to do it That's the dude who knows, bro. And we're going to keep asking people about it. All right, way. we'll talk to you next week's subpar. Have a great week, everyone.